0: This is Jimmy Burns from Malvern, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central.
1: Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show. Boing.
2: We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want
0: to. Hit me. Fine, how do you You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing.
3: So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in
0: the crackle. Charbono, it's all
2: about the
1: charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet
2: for wieners. So listen, shut your
1: face.
2: I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have
1: top men working on it right now.
2: Top. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: And just like that, we are into the second hour. It is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about live fire stuff. We cover the industry like ESPN covers sports. If you missed the first hour, never fear. We're recording. You can get it on Wednesday, second hour on Thursday. But you should try and plan on watching this show live before you die. It's fun. Still to come on this show tonight... One of my favorite people to talk about live fire and food with in general, Andy Husbands, the owner of the Smoke Shop. Boing. We're going to be talking about the Smoke Shop's Backyard Barbecue, a new book that he has coming out. And he's up there in the New England area, so always exciting to talk with Andy. Follow me socially if you will at BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat. Remember, rule number three or four or five, maybe, don't snappy snap on the Snapchat. And you can follow me slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook or give that page a like if you'd like. By the way, I've gotten an inordinate amount of personal page friend we, qu- friend, we qu- friend requests. Now, I want to tell you, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, I'll probably have to say it again in a number of months, I have hundreds in the queue waiting to be approved, I'm here to tell you, I'm not approving any personal friend request, don't go to my personal page because you know me, and submit a friend request, I'm not going to accept it, not because I don't like you, because I'm not doing anything with my personal page, I don't post anything about me, my wife tags me in a bunch of stuff. I don't post anything about it. I have the personal page so I can have the show page because that's what Facebook does. They hold you hostage. They make you make a personal page so you can have a show page. So if you're waiting for me to accept your personal friend request, it's not happening. I'm sorry. I meant that. It's not happening. And again, it's not because I don't like you or that we can't be Internet friends. Instead, we can be Internet friends if you go to the Barbecue Central Show page slash bbq central show and give me a like then send me a direct message if you want go ahead interact with me there but i'm not doing it on the personal page because again if i never had the show i would never have social media and quite frankly i'm not that interested hey did you know that the best moments of the barbecue central show in 10 minutes or less is coming up episode 115 taking you back to 3-8-2012 one of the biggest barbecue events of the year, of course, is the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Contest. During this segment, I was joined by the pitmaster of Texas pepper jelly, Craig Sherry, who was also a past IBCA president. And we talked about the Houston Livestock and Rodeo event and how it operates and the prestige that goes along with winning it. And it's certainly not for the money. But it is for the belt buckle and the bragging rights that reach far beyond the bank. Who needs cash?
3: You? When you
1: can win a big great belt buckle. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Everything will be great. That's all you need to do. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh all right. Let's see here. Well. I have to rework a few items here. Where did it go? Oh, yeah, yeah. There it is. Just getting ready for my pal Andy Husbands, who is coming up here next segment. But look at here. We've got a phone call coming in. And, oh, how about that? We go to Shaker Heights. All right. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Yo, Joe Greg, it's Smokey. Smokey? Yeah. Smokey, I thought you jumped off a bridge a few weeks ago, and that was the end.
3: The the end? Jumping off a bridge is never the end, my friend. I hit a tree, and it threw me to another tree. That branch tossed me to a whole other branch. I got a whole new lease on life now. I feel great. I'm alive.
1: Wow, that's very cartoony. I can't believe that actually happened. Oh,
3: My name's Smokey. This is how I live my life 24-7.
1: Wow. Well, that is one harrowing tale. I'm glad you're still with us.
3: Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm still terrified of the smoke fire, but it seems to be okay right now. I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm not on fire. Wow. I can guarantee you. So,
1: what have you been up to in order to get that message out? Have you been doing the standard bag move of trolling Facebook groups again? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Smokey Never Troll. I'm an influencer, Greg. You oh, know
1: this. Right. Influencer.
3: In fact, right now, I'm having another party that you're not invited to. Of course. And we are having a social media influencer party. 10,000 followers and up, except for me. I'm at 25.
1: 25? I thought you were looking for 47.
3: <laughs> I was at 47 until everyone thought I was dead. And you gave out the wrong Instagram handle, don't you remember?
1: I am I apologize for that. I didn't realize that I was giving out the wrong handle.
3: You gave out at BBQ, uh, and I'm barbecue. Sorry so about that. that. Sorry Thank about you. that. Yeah. So you're having an influencer's party. Like, who's around? My best friend. Oh? First off, I see him over there right now. Hmm. You can all be introduced to Big Grain Crag. Be My oh, I love Big Green Big Craig. Craig. Yeah, all right. Big Grand Craig yeah. is here. Then we over there, uh, I think he looks like he's drinking some sort of Mexican beer. We have Mickey Man Meat.
1: Can you get Mickey, him to
3: say hi, say hi to hi, you? Hi, think? Mickey. Oh, nice. Hi, here. Uh, guys, like I said, let's get into this fucking podcast, bro. Wow. He sounds pretty angry. And then he's always angry, and no party is complete without. Maddie and Kiki. Really? Yes, Maddie and Kiki.
1: Can you my uh see, Will they say hi? Oh God,
3: they? Hello. Hey, barbecue hey, family. Here, hey, barbecue family.
1: Wow, man, it's a—it's a, it's a <laughs> veritable cornucopia of uh, social media influencers.
3: It, influencer. Wow. We're it's an influencer party. Nice. It's the biggest. Fu- oh my God, Greg. Yes. Greg. I'm getting scared again. What's happening? happy on Facebook. Mickey said he brought Corona to my party. Yeah? I don't want Corona, Greg. What am I going to do? I'm so scared.
1: You're scared about Corona?
3: I don't want Corona.
1: Hmm.
3: Stop it. There's bigger things afoot than catching on fire. We need a doctor.
1: Well, I'm not a doctor, but I'm happy to help if I can.
3: Okay, oh God, how do I get rid of this disease? All right, red? well, it's
1: not a disease. It's a virus. All
3: right, all right. <laughs> Stop talking about specific units like in school. We're about to start dropping like fries because Mickey's mad me. He brought the corona.
1: All right, all right. I happen to know a little bit about this. I was just on CDC.gov, and here's what they say, so make sure that you take notes. Number one, get plenty of rest.
3: Okay, let me help Okay, quick, Big Green Craig, and Craig oh, oh, never mind. Big and Craig's napping in the corner already for some reason. Uh, okay, that's okay. good. All right, number two. He's taking a nap, all good.
1: Drank plenty of liquids.
3: Oh, my God, the cops are driving by. Why are they driving by? Do they know we have corona? Oh, my God, there's cops showing up, Craig. Everyone knows we have corona. Okay, uh-huh. Mickey Man, he's over there drinking plenty of liquids. He's chugging that Mexican beer I talked about. I can't see the label. Oh. Uh-huh.
1: All right, well... he's uh,
3: chugging it. He finished the six-pack, Greg. We're out. Oh, dear.
1: Well, number four on the list is uh, hot showers seem to help with sore throats.
3: Okay, quick. Maddie and Kiki run inside. Get in the shower right now. Okay, Greg. All right. Maddie and Kiki are running inside. I can hear the shower. It's going. It's going
0: right now. What is going on?
3: What? Is the water I think warm? they're in the shower. Yes, Lisa. Oh yeah, that's my shower. I begin? can hear it going. Yes. Okay, they're showering Okay, they're
1: safe. All right, <laughs> they're safe. Oh, that was weird. All right, now the last one. Really weird. Uh, I heard that keeping warm can help those infected.
3: Keep warm. Yes. The smoke fire here, quick! Quick! My best friend in the world, baby, back maniac. He's here. Go over there right now and get close to that smoke fire and stay warm. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a perfectly safe idea.
3: Oh, my God. Turn it up to 600. Get warmer. I don't want you to die, baby, back. 600? I you mean... I am turn it on. getting hot.
1: What was the reason you were having the influencer party again?
3: 300. 400. This thing goes from zero to 600 in seven seconds. It's burning. It's... Oh, my God, Greg. What? Oh, my God. What's going Our on? My best friend, Baby Back Maniac's head is on fire. He's just like Ghost Rider. He's running around the party. Oh my God! His head is on he fire. Big Grand Craig on fire. He caught Big Grand Craig on fire with his head.
1: Oh my God! This guy can't oh catch God. a break.
3: Mickey, Mickey Man, he, he was already covered in vodka when he shot him, and he's on fire. Oh no! The whole house is catching on fire. Maddie and Kiki, I see them. They're still wet. They're showering, they're safe, it's good, but all the other friends are dead, Greg, they're on fire!
1: Oh, no. This is a terrible turn of events, he's catching everybody on fire!
3: (laughs) This is the worst backyard barbecue in the history of backyard barbecues. You know what, Greg? What? I see a bridge. I gotta go. I'm out. You're out? I'm out! (laughs) Kevin Coleman, what have you done? I'M GOING
0: FIRE!
1: Smokey! Smokey! Oh, no! Did it happen again? I can only hope that perhaps another tree branch or three... I mean, you can't be lucky that many times in a row. How many people have a bridge in their backyard? It's ridiculous. He's either the most lucky or unlucky person I've ever heard. Holy moly. Uh, That was quite a phone call. (laughs) Uh, We are back with Andy Husbands. As soon as I get done telling you about Southside Market and Barbecue. By the way, thoughts and prayers to Barbecue Smokey. Hopefully, somehow he made it down safely from jumping off yet another bridge. It was 480 Bridge last time, and he was able to escape. Wow. Hey, established in 1882, Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated for the for three generations by the same family, famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground, in a natural pork casing. Authentic Central Texas barbecue, all meats, Including prime briskets are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store at southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Custom uh, customers can choose to ship now or later, include custom gift notes mailed to multiple addresses without additional charges. Everything shipped and vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. All the meats are processed on the on-site USDA inspected facility. And the on-site meat market has fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are welcome. If you want to eat there, you can. Two restaurants are there for your choosing. Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. 10% off right now. If you go to southsidemarket.com and use promo code BBQCENTRAL, all one word, lowercase, that's BBQCENTRAL at checkout. And that's good for your first order, second, third, tenth, twentieth. Ten percent off your online order at southsidemarket.com with promo code BBQCENTRAL. Andy Husband's coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. I hope uh, barbecue Smokey is all right. Let me know if you hear from him.
0: only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg Rempy.
1: all right this portion of the show being brought to you by smithfield Go to Smithfield.com throughout the grilling season for recipes, as well as tips and tricks from World Championship Pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Ward, Ernest Cervantes, Chiles Cridland. Mouth-watering flavor, no artificial ingredients. Smithfield Fresh Pork is quite simply the finest pork money can buy. And it's trusted choice of World Championship Pitmasters, so... Head on over to smithfield.com and hook up with all the info. Hey, my guest in the second hour, an accomplished pitmaster, chef, restaurateur, and he has a few books already to the credit, co-authored to his uh, buddy Chris Hart there of IQ, which we've had on the show as well. And tonight we talk about a new book, The Smoke Shop's Backyard Barbecue, that he also partnered with William Salazar. So we race to the hotline and welcome back, friend of the show. Andy Husbands. Hey, Andy. How you doing? I'm absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show. You want a fun fact (laughs) here, Andy? Yes. Fun fact, August 11th, 2009. First time you ever appeared on the show. Wow. Yes. I don't know if you recall, but uh, you were on a show called Hell's Kitchen at the time. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't even remember how I was able to contact you. Maybe it was through some PR hack through the show because the show was still, I mean, it was already done filming when you were on the show. But right. for the TV watcher, I mean, I was steeped right in the middle of the season and I had fallen madly in love with you from a viewer standpoint going, wow, they continually put this guy up for elimination. There's a lot of swearing going on. But most importantly, week after week, he continues to press through and he doesn't get voted out. And it's like giving the middle finger to all these people. You know, when you look back on Hell's Kitchen, if you ever even bother looking back at Hell's Kitchen, what are like the first one or two things that come to your mind about that experience?
2: Um, I think the brutality of it. It's it's pretty mentally challenging. And I don't mean like a game of chess. I mean, (laughs) it's hard. And when I got through it, you know, I... I had some issues in my head. Really? It really did. Like making decisions, having confidence. It really goofs with your head a lot. So it was, it was brutal.
1: Did it ascend you to any specific point of culinary
2: skill or <laughs> I mean did you did you No. Was, was there a win? Learn. Was there a win for you out of any of that? No. that no, no win oh. and um I mean the thing people need to know is that it's it's not it's not real. Right? So I right. would cook something that would be perfect. That you know, look, I owned restaurants at this time. I knew how to cook. I wasn't some amateur. And they would take it and just smash that plate and say that sucks. So, you know, you, your mind starts kind of melting because you don't want to go home, but you want to do everything right. And it's just it's craziness. It's really uh, intensity. But the food was crap. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the food was crap.
1: What was your interaction time like with Gordon Ramsey? Was it just what you saw on television or would he hang out like uh, when the cameras weren't on and chat with you guys or not? You,
2: you only saw him like about right when service starts. Basically, when you see the camera, that's when you see him. You really? do not see him at all, any other time. No.
1: Is it better to not have any potential rapport building time with him then so he can just be a, you know a, a raging a-hole all the way through and there's no personal bond there to mess with?
2: Yeah, I think better for him. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the reality of it, right? The show's about him. The, the arc of the show is America, look at this piece of doo-doo I have. And then at the end, it's America, look what I have for you. I made you a chef.
1: <laughs> and you can now work in one of my restaurants in Vegas or whatever. Right. They're probably well, not the even way, open guy, at
2: this point. The guy that won my episode. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's still in jail, but he was definitely in jail for a while for some what? stupid
1: stuff. Like after the, after yeah. he
2: won it, he's in jail? Yes. Really? Game, I wouldn't hire that guy if you paid me. You know that to be true? I know that for a fact. Wow. Jail. The guy who came in second place, my friend Dave, should have won. And he's like so upset. He's like, I, why didn't I win? I'm like, you didn't win because you should have won. That's how reality is. Here.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, it the, works. Th- I used to watch that comedy show before they really trashed it, uh, like Last Comic Standing. In the year that Ralphie May lost to Dat Fan, I was like, "Oh my God, this is the biggest travesty I have ever seen in my life." Was a obvious talent who, you know, I mean, whatever happened to Dat Fan? He won that TV show. And then he was gone off the face of the earth literally six minutes later. And then Ralphie yeah. May continued to steam on to international stardom, uh, you know, untimely yeah, demise. He's, I mean, he was certainly up shape, But wow, he was shape, huge. So, anyway, let's talk about barbecue. Of course, we're going to be talking about uh, this book as well, The yes. Smoke Shop's Backyard Barbecue. So, is this thing out for sale right now? Can people get their mitts on it?
2: All. All reputable booksellers will have that. Absolutely. What does that mean, all reputable booksellers? <laughs> maybe some uh, some non-reputable as well, hopefully. Hmm. You know? Interesting. I don't really know what that means, but it should be sell, sold anywhere. Any local bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, name it.
1: All right, and it's called The Smoke Shop's Backyard Barbecue. We're talking with Andy Husbands. Andyhusbands.com yeah. is his website if you want to learn a little bit more about Andy. So as we look at Andy the cook, uh, I would assume that maybe you were – intrigued with cooking as you were coming up maybe come from a family that was uh, into cooking and you were able to learn some of mom's or dad's secret recipes or something like that or i
2: mean where did you not even close not, not even, even close, close. wow uh, no and my mom's a great cook now but uh, back then no she herself and my, my father weren't great cooks it mm-hmm. was actually i was what you call the latchkey kid and so I stayed home by myself, and my sister was older and gone, and I just loved to cook. like It was something that I, w- I learned how to make donuts. I'm like, I'm going to grab this joy Joya cooking book, and I'm going to look at it and read it and figure out how to make donuts. And I would, like, I would learn how to ma- make things just because I thought it was fun.
1: Um, when you get older, do you know that this is a passion of yours that you want to follow into a profession?
2: Yeah, so when I was choosing colleges, Johnson and Wales was my my choice, wow. my number one choice. And I I wanted to go to school for cooking. It was is what I wanted to do. My father wasn't super psyched. He wanted me to be a lawyer or a minister. Oh wow! Uh, which, if you knew me well, you'd find both of those <laughs> hilarious. Um, so I, uh, you know, he's like, "Well, you, you know, you get a job." So I got a job, and he's like, "Oh, I'm like, I love it." And so then I went to school for it, and I loved it. And it's just all I've ever wanted to do was work and work in restaurants. Now,
1: if I'm not mistaken, I think both you and Chris had spent time at some point or another at East Coast Grill under Chris Laysinger. Yes. So is that where the live fire uh, passion comes from or were you always into, you know, cooking with flame?
2: No, absolutely. That's where I, I, the restaurant before I worked actually had a live fire as well, and it's one of the reasons I was able to get my job at the East Coast Grills, like I had had experience working at a grill. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, it's uh, Chris and I worked there, and you know, not just a passion for live fire, but a passion for barbecue because Chris Lester was doing some barbecue, and a passion for big flavors. I mean, this is what Chris was known for. If you don't have Thrill of the Grill, that is the best grilling yeah. cookbook out there. Of course, I have a grilling cookbook also, but Chris's is far better. It's an amazing book.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the the, the standards that people continue to mention. Of course, uh, East Coast, uh, not in business anymore, but widely considered, especially in the New England part of the area. I mean, yeah. Anybody yeah. that was into barbecue or just live flame cooking, Chris was like the first name that came off the top. Yeah. Um, do you know what he's up to now by chance?
2: I see him around. He's kind of a he's a life of leisure. You know, he's consulting with restaurants. He's taking it easy. You know, traveling, everything he deserves and and a lot more.
1: No doubt. Uh, we're talking with Andy Husbands. Uh, AndyHusbands dot his is website. So when we talk about writing books, uh, things yes. that come to my mind of what I would never want to do ever writing books. Is right up there, one uh, A and one B. Reading books and writing books. I think uh, you know both don't turn me on at all. Uh, people could approach me and offer me a lot of money, and I would realize that while I will probably want to take the money, writing the book. I mean, to me, that seems really hard. So, what is the inspiration for you to write book? Is it to pass along something that you know in hopes of inspiring somebody or giving them tools to be a little bit more successful than they really are?
2: So great question, and and writing a book is fun for me. Um, I think it's a little bit like children. You you write a book and you go, I'm never ever doing that again. And then a couple years later, you're like, maybe I'll write another one. Uh, what's important, you know, and I'll talk about Chris Hart and I is it's important we have something to say. You know, we can't just write a book. Um, that doesn't work. So for us, like Pitmaster, which is the last book we wrote, wrote together, and it's really phenomenally sells well. Um, you know, we wanted to talk about regionality of barbecue and our passion for barbecue. So we have when you have this love, it's like it's like writing a song. You want you know, if I could write music, I would write a song about barbecue. Hmm. So I can't, and I can't sing. So I write a book about barbecue because that's what I love. And the newest book, um, Smoke Shops Backyard Barbecue, it's like an ode to barbecue. You know, the whole premise came from Tuffy Stone saying, "Nobody cooks a brisket for themselves." And I heard that and it was like an aha moment mm. for me. I'm like, yeah, this is, it's, it's barbecue is a bit about celebration and family. And I don't mean just close family. I mean, your family and your friends gatherings. And that's what that book is about.
1: When you're putting it together, are you able to draw back on the experience of, you know, Wicked Good Burger and Wicked Good Barbecue, Pitmaster and go, hey, I have a, depth of knowledge at this point, how to construct, how the process goes to where uh, this time around on the newest book, the process is a little bit easier? Or can you not correlate experience with ease of writing a next book?
2: Well, if somebody knows a better process, our process is always a challenge, trying to figure out the best way to organize it. You know, we write, a, we, again, my music references, you know, some artists write a melody, some artists write a poem. Some artists write a title. I write a title, and then usually I'll change it a thousand times. But So I write a title, and then I kind of dream about what I think that will be. So if it was macaroni salad, then we just go from there, and we kind of go about, well, what could we do? What do we want to do? What do we want to taste like? And then you kind of write it from there. It's 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 a really kind of fun process uh, to, to write a recipe and then hand it off to the testers who bring it back to you using your words, they've made it. It's a it's a really cool process to then to get to try it and go, Yeah, this is good, this part isn't. You kind of be able to you know play around with it. It's it's a it's a fun little process. But regarding your question about other books, for instance, if I need a mayonnaise, I spent Five days making the best mayonnaise recipe possible in Wiki Good Burgers. So if I need a mayonnaise recipe, I will use that one. And luckily enough, I own the rights to it so I can use it. Could you not use it otherwise? Oh, you mean use it in a book? You can't use someone else's recipe. You'll get in big trouble. That's called plagiarism. Yes, I get that. I get that. And these days... Uh, and, I, and I know this I, – I won't name the person, but um, – Well, we're courageous on the
1: show, Andy, so you have to <laughs> name the person. Go ahead. I won't name the
2: person, but I know someone who had a book deal, and I know someone that turned in their book, and it, they put it through a magic machine, ah. and it says – it can tell you if it's like any other book. Hmm. It's just like they do with students in in papers. yeah. And so they're able to tell on you know copying, and then this guy lost his whole deal just because he had – I don't think he deliberately meant to do it. I think he was just sampling and maybe did a little too much.
1: Right, yeah. I think a lot of people do that in college when they're writing term papers hung over from a hard night of drinking and realizing I have a term paper to turn in that next day. Um, yeah, so we don't want to plagiarize, number one. Um, so how does the book deal come together? Um, are you approached by a publisher saying, hey, we're looking for some barbecue stuff? I mean, we're not in the spring yet, but obviously this is going to be a time of year now where over the next three months or so. You're going to see a lot of new barbecue and grilling books. You see them every year. Yeah. As much as I thought that like this thing would go away, like the content wouldn't go away, but it would be more on some type of a digital platform. Yeah. The cookbooks are still around. People still want the tactile version, something they can refer back to and not right. have it be an electronic thing. So are you actively have an idea and you're in search of to go pitch? Or yeah. is somebody going, hey, Andy, you've done it before. You know, Let's partner so you can get another thing out.
2: More the latter. If you want to write a book, let's say you've never written a book and you want to write a book. The question they're going to ask you is, why would anybody want your book? That's the question. If you've never written a book and you, like, they're like, Greg, why why would anybody want to write a book, hear a book from you? And it's like music. Again, when they go like, what makes you special? You sound like Led Zeppelin. Why why does anybody care? Hmm. So you need to have some kind of cred to be able to write a book. Um, as well as uh, your first book, you've got to write introduction. You've got to write sample chapters. You've got to write sample recipes. You've got to do all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow. For me, I just type type an email to my editor and go, "Here's my book idea," and they're like, "Okay." That's pretty much how it happens. Wow! So you um, were just inspired if, if, to if, do I something. Mean, yeah, but I've given them ideas that they're like, mm, maybe not so much. Mm. You know. So you, you know, uh, I think for one, for a while, I was on a kick that I wanted to write a book of a. Hundred recipes of quinoa, and they're like, that sounds fun. It probably won't sell. Yeah. So, I was cooking a lot of quinoa, and I thought that would be fun.
1: Are there a hundred uh, recipes for quinoa? I
2: mean, give what, me enough money, I'll write that. I'll write that book. What the hell is even quinoa? Is
1: that like rice or something? Is that like
2: a rice yes. thing or couscous? It's the oldest grain. It's it's uh, it looks like couscous. It's 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 the world's old, oldest grain. The Incas used to eat it. It has more protein than any other grain. It's
1: good. Wow, G- good. Like, how do you make it delicious? Like, what's your favorite quinoa dish? Do you have. A I like dish to in- make
2: it. Li- I like to actually like to make it like couscous sometimes. Right. Um, I also like to make it uh, instead of stir fry. I put the quinoa in there. Uh, great for breakfast with nuts and dried fruit and maple syrup. Hmm.
1: Kind of like an oatmeal, but quinoa. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've got- sure. Maybe I'm missing out. I mean, as Stephen Reichlin, uh, I'm like the worst at eating. Like a seven-year-old. I mean, I do have expansive palate and I do try a lot of stuff, but then he starts saying, well, have you tried this? And then it's like, no. And then I realize maybe I'm not as expansive as I once thought. Um, Let's talk about what is inside Smoke Shop Barbecue book. What is somebody going to find that is going to draw them to your book and things that you wanted to get across in this effort?
2: Yeah. I mean, so again, as I said, it's about celebration and family. The backbone is barbecue, and pretty much everything I do is, is backbone, is barbecue. But I feel that a lot of times barbecue people get pigeonholed into, oh, you just cook barbecue. And the, all the barbecue cooks I know do so much more. So what we did is all different chapters. We have a Taco Tuesday chapter, a fancy chapter, a brunch chapter. Um, so we just did all these different kind of fun chapters that are kind of based on barbecue and greater, you know, like City Ham we do, or um, uh, Ropa, Ropa Vieja, for, uh, for, um, which is smoked brisket, kind of a, a Puerto Rican style. So all just different stuff. It's really cool. Great desserts, great drinks, really good drinks. What's your favorite drink in the book? Uh, great question. Uh, the... The cold brew coconut martini. It is tasty. Uh, Really good. Cold brew coffee? Yeah, cold brew coffee and Mm -hmm. coconut, uh, like a coconut liqueur. It's freaking awesome. Do you
1: have a favorite way of making cold brew coffee? Because I really got into, well, I almost really got into cold brew, and then I saw like these contraptions that you had to get in order to make it right, and then I was quickly off of it. So how do you do it?
2: So you want to do a coarse ground, three to one. What, so if you put one cup of coffee, yep. three cups of wa- water, yep. put it, stir it, put it on your counter, stir it maybe another couple hours, tomorrow you get coffee.
1: But you don't have to refrigerate it or anything either? You just let it sit out?
2: I just let it up, out. Mm-hmm. Then you strain it, yeah. and then you put it in the refrigerator. Easy enough. Yeah. So uh, stronger coffee,
1: uh, more coffee, and the same amount of water then?
2: Yeah, but I, I don't like it too strong. Mm. You know, it's, it's pretty good that way. Yeah. Three to one is, is the way you want to go.
1: Well, cold brew known for the smoothness and wow. uh, mm. and the better flavor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, the cold brew martini. Uh, do you, is it a gin or a
2: vodka? Vodka. Yeah. Uh,
1: what's your favorite vodka?
2: Oh, great question. So uh, I actually don't believe in great vodkas. Oh. I, I don't believe there is such a thing. I like vodka because they're too similar you know? in the end. Too, it's too similar. When you, it it to some, when you add into something, you, you probably don't know. I mean, I would probably stay away from Mr. Boston, but uh, I don't know if you have that out there. But Mr. Boston vodka is one of the ones we have out here. Um, you know, but uh, look, is fine, Absolutes great. You know, Smirnoff is fantastic. But I would bet you next time I see you, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that if we could put one low end, four high end, you can't pick out the low mm. end. Yeah, However, it, you want to taste it. It's one of those Neat. things.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, other ones are, are certainly different. Like a gin would be a different thing. Uh, bourbon would probably be a little. Uh, I don't know. Absolutely. Maybe. Is bourbon, do you think bourbon is a, is on a, is a different field? I mean, it's certainly like the most in vogue spirit out there right now and probably has been for the last five years or so. I mean, can people really yeah. tell the difference between a Pappy Absolutely. Van Winkle 7000 and a Maker's Mark?
2: Yeah, we I mean, we we have over 200 and fair, uh, 250 American whiskeys at my restaurant. Really? So New England. New England's largest whiskey collection. Holy shit. Um so could I pick out Pappy out of uh, five of them? Maybe not, but I could tell you pretty much what we're drinking and what the flavors are and where it comes from. Pretty close to it. 250? You know, uh, yeah. We 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 work tasting all the time. We have an unbelievable uh, beverage director, Michael Bowden. He's he's super super talented. So it's a lot of training, a lot of learning. Absolutely.
1: Is the, so. Are do you have whatever the the highest uh, per ounce pour is out there on the market? The that Pappy's whatever.
2: <laughs> Pappy, yes, we have Pappy and yeah. Rip. Yeah, when do oh, we have yeah. it? We sell it out. It goes for about. Eighty dollars a shot, and we sell it out when we get we get it pretty much every October, and we're probably sold out by now.
1: So, I mean, what's your buy on that bottle? I don't
3: know. Oh come on! Yeah, I
1: I love the business of business. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm I'm a business guy at heart. Uh, All right, can you uh, stand by for just one second here, and I'll uh, tell people about the barbecue guru, and then we'll talk about uh, a little bit more about the book, and then the restaurant is.
2: I love the guru. All
1: right. Oh yeah, you like the guru? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, we use it.
1: Andy. Husband's Endorsed Barbecue Guru. All right, stand by. We'll uh, come right back, and I will talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. So they're the longest-running sponsor of the show, of course, and they are the creators of the Automatic Pit Temperature Control technology, originally started by Fred Perkle, and now Bob Trudnack running the business, of course. Uh, Bob is going to be on next week, I believe. We're going to be announcing some... New products that are about four weeks out from release. There was a little soft mention a couple days ago, uh, but it's probably a good month or so before you can actually get your hands on it, so we'll talk about that. Uh, You can also take a look at their ceramic cooker that has a built-in power draft fan, the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. They also have a bunch of great accessories. If you would like to add some capacity to your ceramic cooker, they have the rib ring. You can do six St. Louis style racks right there in the rib ring effectively doubling the capacity of most ceramic cookers plus a whole bunch of other stuff you want a cooker you can get the shotgun cooker that's doing really well great capacity of course it's made to run one of the barbecue gurus and they have a bunch of different gurus to offer as well so depending on what your tech level is and what your budget is like I want to meet your needs if you have any questions call them 800-288-GURU that's 800-288-GURU or visit the website BarbecueGuru.com. That's BBQGURU.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Andy Husband's coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampy. And this portion
1: of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes, but there's going to be another size coming shortly. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell Barbecue Central Show sent you. 10 years of business, and they're going to be at the NBBQA hosting parties in the first weekend in April. So if you're going to be out there hanging out, tell Noah and Amber and all the gang, hey now. All right, we're back with Andy Husbands here from uh, the Smoke Shop, which is, uh, is, like, where are you specifically? I don't want to just say New England or or Boston, you know, but but where are you at specifically?
2: Me right now? No, no, the the Smoke Shop,
1: of course, yeah. What is your we home have, address, Andy? We all want to come and say <laughs> "Hey, now."
2: <laughs> we uh, we have uh, one in the Seaport of Boston. That's three four three Congress Street. One in Kendall Square in Cambridge, Mass. We have one in Assembly Row, which wow, is in Pete. Somerville. Soon to be in the in the where the TD Bank North Garden is, in something called Hub Hall. And soon to be in Harvard Square. So we're we're coming.
1: All all uh, all smoke shops. Yeah, I'm no mathematician, but that's like almost five locations once they're all up and running, right?
2: You're correct wow. on both.
1: All right. So you have obviously identified an operation that is good for business, that is attracting people to come in and spend money and eat food to the point where you can grow. I mean, five locations within a city is is pretty good. I can't name five restaurants that are in Cleveland that, uh, I mean, I can name three, but it's a burger joint from uh, Michael Simon, but I don't think there's five of a a similar business mindset that you have. So uh, in Boston, super competitive. Uh, There's a lot of food Mm. offerings there. So to have five uh, barbecue restaurants that are basically, is it all running the same menu, same concept, same everything, just five different places across the city?
2: 90% same. 90% the same. We we move stuff in and out and seasonality and locations and uh we, like our bartenders will do special drinks and we'll do special menu items at different locations but yeah all about the same right. but boston is big and it's provincial so people will if you're in boston you don't always come to cambridge and if you're in harvard square you know it's hard to park in harvard square so really the people just around there go stay in harvard square so it's very provincial you know and mm-hmm. uh And, and, you know, barbecue transcends, right? It's like one of those things that everybody loves. You know, we'll have a a guy in shorts next to a woman in a dress next to a man in a suit, you know, and everybody's there having a good time.
1: But this this is where you delineate. It's got to be good. I mean, I can show you 15 or 20 barbecue places that are currently open in Cleveland and 17 suck ass Somehow they remain open, but they're some of the worst barbecue that I've ever had. Three of them are really good, really good, and happy to take you there and, you know, say my name and talk to the owners and blah, 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 because I've realized, but I mean, three out of 20 or 25. So, barbecue is one of those things where it's got to be good to continue to attract people. Obviously, the you have the snobs that probably come in to think they really know everything and this and that. But if it's really good, people are going to keep coming back. So yeah. why did you want to get into the barbecue business, especially you were running, uh, obviously, very successfully at uh, Tremont 647 uh, before mm-hmm. that run ended? Did you have – were you running uh, in concert then uh, with 647 in the Smoke Shop at the same time? Toward
2: the, end, toward the yeah. end, there was like a year overlapping, but I was just getting ready to sell it. Um, and I had Tremont 647 for 20 years, and it was a good life, and it was my f- first love. Yeah. Um, but then while I had Tremont 647, Chris Hart and I started competing uh, and doing very well in barbecue, yeah. and ultimately our team won the world championships, and – First place in Kansas City with brisket out of 510 teams. Um, so I wanted to do something new, and I'm extremely passionate about barbecue. So opening up a barbecue restaurant seemed the right move for me. Um, there's a lot of challenges, um, but I felt that technology in, – in, in creating and, and, and serving great barbecue. So there's a lot of challenges and just some technology stuff that I really – Felt comfortable with um, to be able to keep our barbecue at the level of barbecue I want to serve. Um, funny thing you say about like, well, someone comes in and knows a lot about barbecue. We'll get a guy who will be. I'm from Texas and I know great barbecue, and I'm like, I'm sure you do. And he's like, and your <laughs> and your ribs are no good. And I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? And he wants me to you know salt and pepper them and you know smoke him with pecan. Okay, but if I do that. Then that guy from Memphis is going to come in tomorrow and go, "Your ribs suck. I know good barbecue. I'm from Memphis." And I'm yep. like, "I'm sure you do. What do you want me to do?" Well, I want you to put some sugars and I want you to and, and seasonings and spices and, and coal roast them. Okay, but see how that goes. So for us, you know, we're not trying to be, um, you know, we're we're just highlighting the best barbecue that I've had around the country and just doing the best job we can. I was just going to say, can
1: you quantify what the smoke shops barbecue is?
2: Yeah, it's highlights, just highlights, you know, highlights from my travels around the country, you know, just doing stuff that people like. And look, if people didn't like it, we wouldn't sell it. I'm in the business of selling. I mean, that's the reality, right? Yeah. Um, I'm passionate about it. I love it. Uh, I love the hospitality. I love when people want tours of our pits. It's my favorite. I absolutely adore that.
1: The hardest part for me to wrap my head around a barbecue restaurant. Is, mm. you know, when uh, I don't know when your meats get ready to, to finish and go in. Uh, I assume you have like an Alto Sham or, you know, some uh, high humidity holding uh, facility. CVAP. CVAP, yeah. Um, to me, Texas has it right. You show up at lunch mm-hmm. and you open up the window and everybody mm-hmm. runs through and you serve and chop and do whatever you do until you run out and you close the sign and say, come back tomorrow.
2: And, that's and, it. and, and those places aren't using CVAPs, right? That's, that's what you're, you're telling me?
1: Oh uh, no no no! I'm just saying from a from a business uh, running standpoint. I think you okay. you open it all up, you sell everything, and then you're okay, done.
2: But how do they how do they hold that food?
1: Oh, I would imagine they have a CVAP or you know something like that. I'm not saying that the CVAP is bad. Uh, what I'm mm-hmm. saying is business model wise, like I, to me that makes the most sense because what? i to tell you why. Because you open up at lunch and you mm-hmm. have a lunch rush. But then lunch tapers off and it's not dinner time yet and there's this weird like time, which is where this technology and Alto Sham is probably helping you with the hold. But mm. you know, there's there has to be something that a successful barbecue restaurant is doing to make sure that the quality of the food is as good at lunch or as it comes off the pits as it is at eight o'clock at night. I mean, that's a big swing.
2: So barbecue is the food of necessity. I would put forth that it's America's first cuisine. And it was made because, you know, there was no refrigeration and there was crappy meats and people were poor and they had to make food, right? So it's interesting. So when you talk about necessity, that's what we're doing up here in New England. We're you doing necessity. So the difference, one of the big differences is when you're in a place that maybe is less populated. Perhaps the rents are $8 a square foot, $12 a square foot. In Boston, they're $55 a square uh. foot. So paying rent 24 hours a day and only be open six hours a day doesn't make sense yeah. in a business model. And you know, I'm trying to serve the best barbecue I possibly can to as many people as I can to turn them on to what great barbecue is. Because let's face it, New England hasn't really been known for great barbecue. I get it. but so there's that part. So we can't. And, and and look, these guys are unforgiving. You're not open; they're not coming back. Yeah. So you know, well, that's like anywhere else, fight. though.
1: Like I think yeah. Texas somehow is the only place
2: that gets away with it. Yeah, because it's old timey. That's cool. I get it. But like I you know I don't know if Pecan Lodge does that. You know, you might be talking about like Aaron Franklin. You know, what I mean, great. You know, Aaron can do that. But um, so what we do is we have two fires on our brisket. Two fires on our pork, three fires on our ribs, four fires on our chicken. So ribs, brisket gets fired at 8. It will come out at somewhere between 6, 7, and 8 in the morning. We will fire again. So they'll come out again at 7 or 8 that night. So we're trying to constantly just stay ahead. Ribs are three, four times a day, depending, you know, first fires at 6. Then it can be at 12. So we're trying to constantly just guess the level of volume we're going to have. So Why do you have sense. briskets
1: coming off at 8 o'clock at night? Like you have demand for ser- briskets?
2: Yeah, we're serving people till like oh. 11 o'clock at night. All right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a big city over here, buddy. So we got people hey, out all the time.
1: I'm I'm going off of Cleveland. Everything is Cleveland to me. You know that's a pretty I, big I city. I don't know if you've ever been here, pal, but it's a pretty big city. You know, we got a couple of sports teams, and that's about it. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, Ohio's got more more cities I can name than any other uh, than any other uh, state. Cleveland's got a lot of popular cities. Columbus, Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. Any more after Daytona. that? Where? Daytona. <laughs> Daytona. Yes. Daytona, Ohio. Yes. Yeah, you may, maybe date. We got a couple more. <laughs> yeah. Dating. Oh, we got plenty. We got plenty. Yeah. Um. So name, name Boston cities. All right, ready. Massachusetts, Massachusetts cities. Word, Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts cities. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Uh. Wor- uh. Worcester. <laughs> Worcester. Boston. Are you getting Some- help. What? No. Someone help. No. Oh. Uh. Manchester.
2: No, um.
1: By uh, the city. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Boston, Harvard a city? I said, Boston, Cambridge. Yeah. I said oh, Cambridge. Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I get it. So, uh, all right. So we're cooking great barbecue. Now, it's yeah, not it's our- all about great barbecue because you have some, you know, uh, culinary chops behind you. I think uh, yeah. you know some barbecue guys don't have the culinary chops behind them. They just do what they want to do because they know they're going to sell it. But you like to add additional stuff. So how much when you're planning the menu out for this, uh, and this is the other issue I have with a lot of barbecue restaurants, they have a lot of shit up on the menu. And I don't know how much yeah. all of that stuff sells. So why not pare it down to what is going to be selling the best to give yourself from a business standpoint yeah. the, the best way to make money. So how do you go about planning your menu?
2: You ever heard the 80-20 rule?
1: Uh, yes, I deal with it every day in sales. 20% of my customers yeah. do 80% of my business.
2: Great. So we sell, we sell 20% of our menu 80% of the time. Um, so, we try to really focus on that and figure out what's best about that and sell more items like that. Um, but we also like to have fun, and I have awesome pit masters and chefs that work for me. So, you know, we're trying new things and goofing around with stuff. So, and, and then seasonality, which is, you know, fun to deal with. So, when asparagus comes around, around or corn or tomatoes so we're constantly trying to move stuff in and out but for us again similar to the book the core is barbecue so you know so we want people to come here like a steakhouse you go to a steakhouse you can get the cream spinach you can get the roasted mushrooms you can get the uh, mashed potatoes you know that's there yeah so same with us you know we got beans you know we got mac and cheese we got collards we got slaw but then the other ancillary stuff is fun for us you know and fun for our our, staff i'm sorry guests because we get people that come, you know, two three times a week. They want new stuff.
1: What's like the most off the board menu item that you have?
2: What do you mean by off the board? Well, like, like you
1: you walk in and you're like, oh, I wouldn't expect to find that item on this menu here.
2: Uh, zucchini salad. I like zucchini. that's probably the the raw zucchini salad is probably one of the most ones. Um, let me see what else. Do you do zoodles with those two? No. Those are cute. Yeah,
1: fun. Nothing else off the board.
2: I don't know. It always changes. Right now, we're kind of in the middle of. of, Oh, uh, the the Brussels sprouts are sick with the uh, uh, onion jam. Those are crazy. Uh, One of my favorite ones, which we run in the fall, is the um, mashed potatoes, but we make it with um, onions that are confit in brisket fat. It's Freaking amazing! Mm. So we smoke the brisket, take the fat, you know, take all the fat, right. then make make kind of an oil out of it, and then um, put the pota- the onions, and cook them overnight in the smoker, and then take them and puree them and fold them into the potatoes. Mm. Phenomenal!
1: Wow, we. Uh, do, so do you keep like tallow on hand? Do you make beef tallow at the restaurant? Yes,
2: yeah. but not a crazy amount. I mean, we we go through two hundred thousand pounds of brisket this year, so. Wow. What do you yeah. what
1: are you running for brisket? Who do you use? Uh, that's
2: probably better not
1: said. What? Come on, man. Are, do you have like a stronghold on some uh, producer?
2: It just took us a long time to like get you, this.
1: You hear this. Aaron Franklin buys all the Creekstone briskets or whatever the hell he's affiliated. Like they they sell all of his briskets to him. But so yeah. you you have a similar relationship with somebody.
2: I don't think I buy all of somebody's because I'm sure he buys more than he probably buys a half million pounds a year or something. Um, No, just you know we 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 like who we use and we prefer that we prefer that other people didn't try to get it. All right. So, Uh, what do you uh, what uh, grade are you using? uh, Either high choice or prime depends on what we're we're looking to do. Uh,
1: Do you get a better price? Like oh, let me ask you this. How do you price it out? Does the price then fluctuate? If you get a, a high choice versus the prime, will you fluctuate your brisket those price that are, day?
2: Those prices, we don't, we won't, fluctu- we, no, we don't. We will fluctuate if it drastically goes high or drastically goes low. But when we look at a year, it's kind of going like this. So we kind of figure it out that it's kind of tries to average. Does you know?
1: prime give you a better yield? Like why wouldn't you just go mm-hmm. no. full one way or, or full the other?
2: Um. Just depends. Depends on. It's, they're not always during the year. Things is is the
1: barbecue business secret? Is there something that I'm missing? There's some stuff. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, you know. What about like uh, pork and chicken and stuff? Is just you know whoever you're getting it from, or I mean,
3: uh,
0: let me I'm ask. A, let me ask
1: a better question. Yeah. Is the purveyor really important like do you go through and vet and say I'm looking for X spec and then you put people through the gauntlet to get the best uh,
2: product yes we don't buy commodity so this is one of our challenges people are like it's so expensive I'm like because I don't buy commodity like if you want to go people are like I here's the most bizarre thing I'm gonna go on a rant for a second yes people like they want us to like they're like we want barbecue and we want it cheap I'm like you want to put cheap food in your body that's what you want to do I'm like, I have the number for this other barbecue place, and here it is. Because we're not, it's not, it's, you know, it's, 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 I it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's such a disconnect America has with food. Food costs money, meat costs money. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Right. And we, you know, and we have, you know, we sell it as cheap as we can. Prairie Fresh is who we buy our, uh, our ribs and our pork butts, and we love them. Mm. I couldn't be happier. That's Seaboard Prairie Fresh. Awesome, Gienone chickens. We try to, you know, we're no hormones, no antibiotics, no goofiness. Just solid, good meat.
1: Yeah, um, is a margin on a barbecue restaurant tighter than it would have been at a at a Tremont Six Four
2: Seven? That's about the same. Same. Yeah, like restaurant yeah. businesses.
1: It is what it is.
2: So our our labor model is a little better, but our food cost is a little bit higher. Yeah. Meat is a little more expensive. Got yeah. it. You got to pay know? for when the you, meat. Yeah, it's 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 not cheap, you know? I mean it's just not. I, yeah. You know, and, and 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 I think people have this romantic thought of, you know, and they're like, I was they think about these little yield tiny barbecue places and how cheap it is, and that's nice. Go back to North Carolina and have that then.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, and then like go back
1: 20 years because I yeah. have yet to even the least expensive barbecue places, I still hear people complaining about the price.
2: I know. It's, it's 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 so, you know, it's, it's like Chipotle has like made people believe that food should be this big gnarly thing of cheapness and it's gross. Uh, Andy, they want and then and then they want to know why they got sick.
1: Oh my God. So you've transitioned nicely into a rant that I didn't think I was gonna have. I don't (laughs) under Do you remember a place called Chi Chi's? It was like a big Mm -hmm. Mexican chain restaurant all all over the country. And they had a case where it was like the lettuce was contaminated, E. coli, whatever the hell it was. One case, whole freaking chain, boom, out of business. Chi-Chi was gone. It was my wife's favorite Mexican restaurant, and all of a sudden it was wiped out. I have no goddamn idea how Chipotle can sit there. There's a Chipotle in the next town over from my place that has been shut down over the last four years, 15 different times because they're not (laughs) holding it right. People are getting sick. And oh, by the way, while they're shut down for a week, the line is forming for when that place opens again. I have never seen a place have so many health food violations and so many people get sick across the country and it remains the most popular place to go. Why is that? I don't get it.
2: People believe it won't happen to them. What's interesting is when, when you think about cheap food. Look, these places got to make money, so they're cutting somewhere. Somewhere in the supply line, there's some cuts happening, and it's either on training, on management, on uh, delivery, on farming. Somewhere they're cutting in the to do that. And and w- what do you think if you if you if you cut the supply chain, something's going to happen, and then people get sick. Wow, I don't, I don't know how they survive. I don't know how anybody survives that stuff. We are we live in fear. So back to your question about meats, we have rules. With our meat, and our purveyors know it, and they cannot give us anything but exactly what we ask for. Hmm.
1: That's a good idea. That's the way we do business. That's why you should go to the smoke shop and eat great (laughs) barbecue over there. Five, Almost five different locations. Also, that's why you want to go out and buy this great book, which is Mm -hmm. called The Smoke Shop's Backyard Barbecue. All reputable and perhaps some unreputable book purveyors will have it right now. You can go to Amazon.com. And check it out. Go to andyhusbands.com and check him out yeah. too, and get the history. See what he's up to. Do you have uh, a social media handles and stuff that you're active on? Yeah, or that's, yeah. yeah.
2: hit me up on Instagram at Andyhusbands. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, Facebook. I think I, I think I'm full on friends on Facebook. Sorry, guys. You yeah. can follow me though. You have but, uh, uh, yeah. do? You,
1: do you have a uh, like a fan page? Because you get unlimited no. likes for fan page.
2: No, maybe one day. Right. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the corona?
2: while I got you. The beer
1: yeah you like corona with a lime sure you drink it with a lime i think that's a whack you think it really i mean <laughs> i just uh, I, don't
2: really drink it. I don't really drink it if you're talking about the coronavirus if that's what you're really asking about um uh, i just hope everybody's safe and taking care of themselves washing yeah. their hands we'll get through this
1: all right uh andyhusbands.com check them out on social media get the book the smoke shop's backyard barbecue Andy, it has been great catching up with you. I appreciate you taking me to task on things because people rarely do that. And uh, let's do it again sooner than later.
2: Definitely. Come by. Come visit. All right. We will. There he is, Andy
1: Husbands. By the way, there's a 0% chance that I will be going to Boston. (laughs) We know that, right? You bet I'll be there. I want to go. I do. I would love to go. I would really like to go. I really want to say that I'm going to go. I want to mean it when I say that I'm going to go. But in the meantime, we know I'm not going to go. Damn it. Uh, It's a great book, by the way. Him and his... uh, What is he? The day-to-day culinary operations guy over at the Smoke Shop, uh, Will Salazar, William Salazar. So uh, I have a copy of this book for you to win as well. So... First one in with an email on the subject line that says Andy Husband's Hell's Kitchen. Go ahead and shoot in while we line up to head out. Dude, I like it, man. Andy was hot tonight. He was uh, taking me to task on CVAP, Alto Sham. I think he thought I was questioning the USA. I was not. I like it. Take me the task on cities in Boston or Massachusetts. I don't care about any other state but my state. But I know where all the states are on the map and most of the capital city. So if you want a copy of the book, hit me up. Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. The subject line, Andy Husband's Hell's Kitchen. And do it now. We'll see if we get a winner here while we get ready to wrap it up. Stick around. Be right back.
0: Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best Triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. All
1: right, welcome back. And I'm telling you, you want to sign up for the Smoke Sheet. That's right. It's a weekly newsletter happening every week. Covering top news in the barbecue world, events, recipes, and more. Started by Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig. You can sign up for the newsletter at BBQNewsletter.com. And it's going to be great. A great all-in-one resource. Uh, Sean Ludwig, by the way, uh, self-quarantining.
3: Oh dare you?
1: Yikes. Sean, hope you're all right. Bad luck all around for the dudes at the smoke sheet Ryan Cooper uh, battering, uh, battling uh, cancer, and Sean Ludwig self quarantining from uh, coronavirus. I think he was in Italy. Man, oh man, good luck to both of you guys for crying out loud. What are you doing? You want to come back on the show? Fine, just ask. Come back on the show. By the way, we do have a winner, and your winner is Jason Wallace. That's right. Jason Wallace is winning. Wow, we're so excited that Jason played the book game. He's won himself a copy of the Smoke Shops Backyard Barbecue Book, again, for sale. And all reputable book companies and Amazon.com. I'm not saying that Amazon isn't reputable, I'm just also mentioning, because everybody can get everything. Except you can't get masks or Purell at Amazon or any freaking store, no matter what right now. So Jason Wallace, you win. Now, I will contact you through your winning email. We'll get your shipping address. You also have to tell me if you would like me to autograph Andy's book to send to you. That's a thing that we do on the show. I get an extra copy of a book, and I give you the opportunity of me autographing someone else's book. It's not my book. I think I stated clearly there's no way in hell I'd ever write a book, let alone read a book. But I will be more than happy to autograph a book, my autograph, on somebody else's book to send to you so you have. For everybody here at the Book Game, this is your host, Greg Reppi, saying adieu. That's right. This is where we clap like mad. Ready?
3: Here we go. How do they
1: clap like that? That's crazy. Unbelievable. All right, let's go ahead and get the hell out of here, why don't we, before something crazy happens. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead. Amazingribs.com is his website. You can go get the brisket, corned beef, and pastrami sandwich recipes, if you want, for St. Patrick's Day coming up in a week. We also... In the second hour, talked with Andy Husbands all the way through that second hour. AndyHusbands.com is his website. SmokeShopBBQ.com is the barbecue restaurant's website. We'll have five locations across the greater Boston area, so congratulations to him. As Backyard Barbecue Show is adeptly pointing out, we're all hoping that Smokey is okay. I don't have any word, so we'll see don't forget Barbecue Central show American Idol will debut in two weeks time as we try out the Finn Lizzie song Jailbreak myself John Solberg Doug Scheiding and Reiser will be singing for the fame and adulation of others big show planned for you next week we got Robin Lindars we got Stephen Reichlin we got Bob Trudnack and a host of others September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host, proud U.S. American, Greg Repi. Good night now.
0: This is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central.